This is Business Rockstars. Inspiring, informing, and connecting a community of entrepreneurs. The biggest entrepreneurial podcast on the planet. Welcome to the Business Rockstars podcast. I'm Brittany Lehman. On today's podcast, we've got the creator of Easy CPAC, Dr. Sarath Malapati. Also on the show, we'll talk to the president and CEO of Princess House, Connie Tang. The Easy CPAC is a five-day tapered immune support pack designed by Dr. Malapati. Earlier this year, Easy CPAC became the first back-to-back winner of the Buyer's Choice Award at the National Retail Cold and Flu Meetings. It is the recent 2018 recipient of the Retail Excellence Award for Innovation in OTC by Drugstore News. Easy CPAC is the fastest growing immune support product in U.S. retail pharmacy with plans to expand to over 7,000 retailers by year's end. Dr. Sarath Malapati sits down with Emmy award-winning journalist Pat O'Brien right here on Business Rockstars. We are here to inspire, inform, and connect a community of entrepreneurs. This is Business Rockstars. I'm Pat O'Brien. Our rock star today is Sarath Malapati. Thank you, Pat. Thank you for having me. Sarath, thanks for coming in. Um, you know, it used to be when you got a cold, what, penicillin? Back in the 50s, that was like the, the, the answer to everything, right? Yeah, yeah, and it, it was wrong, and it is still wrong. Right. So we know 80% of these infections, these colds, are viral. Antibiotics only treat bacterial infections, yet eight out of 10 Americans are getting an antibiotic every year just in these family doctor's offices alone. I should point out that uh, Sarath has invented, you've heard of Z-Packs, this is the Easy CPAC. And um, what's in this? Easy CPAC. Easy CPAC stands for E Echinacea Z Zinc C Vitamin C. So the concept behind Easy CPAC is replacing those inappropriate antibiotic prescriptions uh, that are happening in these offices with something that is more evidence based and more appropriate and reduces the number of antibiotic prescriptions written. Um, did you always want, we're gonna call you an entrepreneur, you are a working doctor, right? Yes, yeah, I'm a general surgeon. Right. Really, what do you operate on? You know, your appendix, gallbladder. Not mine. <laughs> Is it gone already? <laughs> no, no. You wanna keep it. I wanna keep it. Um, so you went to med school, what, what, did, what made you decide to do this, to invent a medicine, which is pretty cool. Yeah, in my practice, I deal with a lot of complex infections, drug-resistant infections, superbugs, basically, MRSA, C. diff, I don't know if you've heard of any of these infections. So this has become an increasingly larger part of my practice is dealing with some of these infections. And I've seen some very aggressive infections, and unfortunately, I had a couple patients die uh, because of the stage at which they presented with these infections. And I started looking at what's going on here? Why are we writing so many antibiotics? Why is this patient on several antibiotics by the time I see it's them? it's easy. It's easy and um, there's a lot of other factors involved too. Uh, you know, people don't want to make uh, the, the wrong mistake. People don't want to do harm, but in the end, uh, we're doing more uh, bad than good in some cases. And what was the one thing that made you say, I'm creating a medicine. Just seeing all this stuff? Uh, functionally, wanting to make a difference, wanting to make a change, wanting to stop seeing patients come into my care under very extreme circumstances, uh, feeling like this is madness. Why, why are we doing this? And what are the factors that are causing this problem? And you, know, you can look at some studies, 95% of physicians in the US admit to writing antibiotics when unclear of their necessity. You wanna know what the number one reason is? Patient pressure. 
patient expectation. That's the number one reason, fear of lost business. So this is what's fueling uh, a drug resistance crisis. So by 2050, at the rate we're currently on, more people are gonna die from drug-resistant infections than cancer. So that's kind of the impetus behind EZCPAC, basically going after these inappropriate antibiotic prescriptions, educating patients, and uh, creating tools for doctors to maintain that pa patient satisfaction. Right, yet they'll um, prescribe a billion uh, Oxycontins in New Hampshire. Yeah. Think nothing of it. Yeah, uh, I think people do think something of it. Well, yeah, now, but uh, I just read where there was 325 people in one town and they did two million in Oxycontin <laughs> in a year. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah, it is, it is. And uh, we have to do a better job on a lot of different uh, parts of our healthcare system. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a tough place we're in right now. Um, where are the Jonas Salks of, Salks of the world? Yeah, you're, you're sitting with one, Pat. No, I was gonna say, or are you one? <laughs> You know. Maybe I am the one. Uh, well, I had polio uh, as a kid, just the beginnings of it. Yeah. Then he came out with that vaccine. And yeah. So I grew up in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is one of the, the great healthcare hubs of the world. Uh, my parents are both physicians and very much inspired by the story of Salk and a, a lot of the groundbreaking research that happens at the universities there. I got to shake his hand and, and thank him. Um, when was this? Uh, years ago. Uh, he's gone now. Did you have to raise money to make this? Yeah, so we're at this stage a seed-funded company. We mm -hmm. raised $450,000. Uh, we were on a uh, platform called Circle Up. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Have you heard of it? No. It's a crowdfunding platform. It's based in San Francisco, so they really look for uh, promising uh, consumer products uh, to kind of promote and introduce to uh, investors and people in the finance world. So we were one of the, the few companies selected for their uh, very prestigious seed funding program. We are here to inspire, inform, and connect a community of entrepreneurs. I'm Pat O'Brien. Sarath Malapati is our guest. Doctor? Thank you. you doctor. Thank you, Pat. I appreciate that. I've, I've worked very hard for that. We'll call you Doc. Thank you. Um, how many people do you think go untreated uh, when they should have an antibiotic? Uh, I would say probably somewhere between 30 and 50%. Really? Yeah. Is this over the market? Over the market and over the counter. Oh, over the counter is what I meant, yeah. Yeah. It's over the counter. Yeah, you can find it in uh, pharmacies, uh, medical offices, urgent cares, emergency rooms. You can get it at a lot of major medical centers. Uh, UCLA Medical Center locally carries it. Cedar sinai uh, you know, We're in everywhere. We're every, every shop you can think of uh, and growing at one of the fastest rates in the country. Who gave you the best advice in your life? Uh, my mom. Yeah, my, mo my mom uh, always was about uh, being a good person, doing a good job, uh, doing the right thing, and giving it your best. Right. And did you have a favorite entrepreneur or a mentor? Uh, my wife. My wife. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I, I would call my wife my, uh, my mentor, my love of my life, uh, my great inspiration, and uh, you know, greatest uh, supporter. Did she help you with this? Oh yeah, she helps me every day. She's uh, you know, basically most important sounding board in my life. Well, you trust. You trust. Uh, you look trusting because you handed me two pills here. Get a little cold, and I just took them like the '60s. Somebody says, "Here, try this." Yeah, 2016. We're we're uh, cycling back. So, um, what does echinacea do? Echinacea is a herb. Uh, it's native to North America, so it's it's an American herb. 
and it acts as, a, as an immunostimulant, so a weak immunostimulant. So you take echinacea, and it basically increases the production of T cells in your body. So mm. T cells are what clear out infections. So you're getting a short-term boost of uh, T cell activity and function when you take echinacea. Don't a lot of people get infections from the hospital? Yes, this is, this is a huge, huge problem. A lot of it is a result of indiscriminate antibiotic use. Uh, and also uh, improper hygiene and sanitary conditions mm -hmm. in hospitals. What do you mean by indiscriminate use? Indiscriminate use of antibiotics? Mm -hmm. uh, it's basically when I don't know what's going on, yeah, let's just throw some antibiotics <laughs> at it. So you took this a step further. You didn't want to do that anymore. No, and I was, I was tired of being on basically the back line of our defense in the hospital, seeing people on the front line put people on antibiotics that they didn't need and start wondering, why am I dealing with these disaster situations that you guys have put me in? And I just want to make my customer satisfaction score five stars or my Yelp rating, whatever. And that's not a good reason to give someone an antibiotic they don't need. So that, that's the kind of concept behind Easy CPAC. I'm teaching my physician colleagues, I'm teaching patients, trying to make the, the world a better place. Uh, well, obviously you are, and um, how long has this been on the market? Uh, we just launched this year, mm -hmm. yeah. Did you beta test it on me, is that the deal? Is that the joke? <laughs> <laughs> I beta tested probably some of your neighbors uh, uh, in this uh, in this region. Yeah, uh, you know, it's a big problem. And Z is, do Z packs actually work? I think they do. But so Z packs, it's it's, a, it's an antibiotic. It's a revolution. Immediately, people say I need a Z pack. Yeah, it's a re it was a revolution. He's a game changer antibiotic in medicine and pharmaceuticals. So the, the, the revolution was that z pack was the first antibiotic that you only take once a day for five days. Mm -hmm. So when you were a kid, you probably had to take an antibiotic two to four times a day, seven to 14 days. But then z pack came out, it was once a day, five, five times. Uh, so that was really the big difference uh, and game-changing kind of principle of z pack So z pack actually only had FDA approval for community-acquired <coughs> pneumonia. You get, you're in your, your house and you get pneumonia, z actually had uh, approval for that. Now what ended up happening was the, the sales and marketing around z was so aggressive. They would even put pre-written uh, prescription pads in right doctors', mat, yeah. doctors white coats. It was that aggressive. So the, the, because the marketing was so aggressive, uh, it started getting written like water. So every time you get a little sniffle, you get a little earache, a little sore throat, Z-Pak, Z-Pak, Z-Pak. So that, that was really what happened, and this basically has led to a situation where we write 55 million ZPAC prescriptions a year. We write 260 million, so they're, they're about like 25% or so, uh, or maybe 20 to 25% of the total antibiotic market, and over 50% of these ZPAC prescriptions do not meet criteria for a ZPAC. You want to you know how much money they make every year? I hate to ask, but... Yeah. So, ZPAC does $465 million in the U.S. annually, $1.8 billion globally, and over 50% of these ZPAC prescriptions don't meet criteria for a ZPAC. Why? Because they're not uh, bacterial. They're viral illnesses. And so that's the concept behind Easy ZPAC is to replace uh, these 25 million uh, ZPAC prescriptions that don't meet criteria, 25 to 30 million. So what's the secret to this? Uh, the secret is the love and the science. Right. Science, love... Looks to uh, me putting, like it's the echinacea, right? Well, it's, it's fully evidence-based, so each component has the strongest level of data in supporting your immune system to, to enhance your immune system 
ensure that your body can clear infection normally. So that's the concept, making a, a high-quality product that's evidence-based, it's physician-directed, and you're, you're good. We are here to inspire, inform, and connect a community of entrepreneurs. Dr. Malapati is with us today who has invented the answer to ZPAC. Well, you've all had a ZPAC, uh, and this is the newest thing, right? Easy ZPAC, yeah. It's going to change the world. Uh, how did you know this could work uh, when you started doing it? Research. So mm -hmm. basically poured uh, the existing data, looked at what was, what was the issue, what was wrong, how can we make this uh, a better situation? So basically looking at what is the best available evidence in the treatment of a virus? What, what's the evidence tell us? Because we know there's no cure for a virus. They, they mutate too fast, so we can't really create very good antiviral products. So what's the answer? We've got to support our immune system's ability to clear the infection. How do we do that? This is the best combination. And I think everybody potentially has that problem, right? Absolutely, yeah. So at any point in time during your life, there, there will be a point where you do get a cold or flu. So it's the most common infection in people is an upper respiratory infection. Mm -hmm. Average person gets between two and three a year. So some people may get less, some people get more. We know that children get more, they're closer to six. Can children take this? Uh, 12 and up. Right. 12 and up. The, the reason is that echinacea, uh, yeah. you know, it can, it can cause rashes and some other uh, drug reactions. Great work you're doing, uh, doctor. Uh, what's been the response from your community? Overwhelmingly positive. Uh, you know, we have basically a 93% patient satisfaction rating. So you, you take 100 people, 93 out of those 100 are saying, I would absolutely use this product again, recommend it to others. And how do you get the word out to, like, my doctor, who I'm sure has this, but... Yeah, so very aggressively with uh, our out on the field sales force. Mm -hmm. yeah, we do a lot of social media stuff too, but really it's the field team that connects. I speak at a lot of uh, conferences. Uh, we just sponsored the UCLA Antibiotic Stewardship Symposium. Uh, we're a national partner of the CDC's Get Smart About Antibiotics uh, program. Uh, the CDC sent me a little uh, quick thank you the other day, which is very gratifying seeing our, our work is uh, being recognized by the government. This is not directed at you, but in general, aren't we over-medicated? Yes. People always say, well, i got to have something for this. Yeah. They'll never leave a doctor's office. It, it is directed at me because I'm, I'm a physician. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a leader in our, our, our community, um, and we really have to do a better job of basically, uh, basically saying, what is the right medicine for the right time? It's something you, you kind of hear some of the people over at the CDC say. So sometimes that prescription drug is the right thing to take but sometimes it's not. And I think right now we're in a, we're in a, a culture and a phase of uh, you know, our, our healthcare system where we're taking too many medications. We talked about opioids earlier, right. antibiotics. Uh, these are all major, major problems. So really how do we educate and empower both providers uh, as well as patients? And that's what EZCPAC's about. Uh, aren't people set in their minds about what they take? Yeah, you, you gotta you gotta keep moving the needle forward. Right. So if we, we live in a, a world where we, we have one way of doing things or one way of thinking about it and may may or may not even be the, the best way or the right way right. or the wrong way, uh, that's that's where we have to, to work uh, and make progress. I mean if we just sit back and say, Oh, this is how things are, I mean we'll, we'll never get anywhere <laughs> anywhere. Um, what's the culture like around your office? Culture is at times very intense uh, because we, we're making some pretty uh, big decisions with the, the direction and the future of the company. 
Uh, so it can be a uh, pressure cooker. You know, as a surgeon, I'm, I'm used to, to kind of being in very intense situations, uh, keeping calm under pressure. Uh, so I kind of, uh, you know, p push them around to see how far I can kind of move them uh, to get what I need out of them. I taught uh, John Calipari. Uh, Another Pittsburgh guy. Yep. Uh, before we broadcast, I would say hands of a surgeon. I, I am not nervous. I do not, you know, shake. And he uses that for his team when they're like in a serious situation. Yeah. I'll see him in the huddle going like this. Um, so what's next? We don't we don't do that before uh, operations, Pat. <laughs> I bet you do. I've been around the operating room. I know what goes on in there. Nothing bad, but you're usually asleep. I would imagine you were doing the, the procedures. Yeah, but sometimes I wake up and I can hear the, <laughs> the end of a good joke or something like that. Um, what's next in this field? What's next? Uh, continued expansion. So we've signed some pretty large uh, distribution deals. Uh, Rochester Drug Co-op, it's a 1,300-store deal on the East Coast that just came about. Uh, we're going to be expanding into uh, ShopRite. It's a 250-store chain on the East Coast as well. Kinney Drugs, uh, it's yeah. a 110-store chain up there. We're working with some of your friends up in South Dakota as well. Uh, there's some 50-store uh, chain up there. It's taking a look, and we're, we're in a, a growing number of independent stores around the country. Is there an enormous amount of paperwork to get a new drug into a market? Yeah, yes. Uh, a lot of paperwork, a lot of research, a lot of certificates, a lot of submissions, uh, and that's all part of the process. I mean, if you want to really build a successful business, the devil is in the details. Mm -hmm. um, and can this be improved? Yes, it can but at a cost, and so you really have to run a cost-benefit analysis. We know that the average cold uh, basically runs its course within five days. Uh, so there is a, there is a uh, cost savings if you can reduce the duration of a cold, and it saves healthcare dollars, workforce dollars, productivity, uh, but how much is that really worth in terms of going even more to the next level? Yeah. Doctor, how, how difficult is it to keep up with everything? It's kind of a stupid question, but it's got to be impossible, right, in the medical world? Yeah, it's, it's uh, impossible, it's but... It's obviously not impossible. But. It's impossible, but technology has, uh, has really improved the way that doctors can theoretically manage information flow. I would say that most doctors are not technologically equipped to handle that level of information flow. But the ones that are organized, who want to be good doctors, competent doctors, and make a difference and be responsible about the way that they're practicing, uh, they do uh, have resources available to manage that information flow. So it's, it is very important to stay on top of uh, the latest and greatest. Does it matter what city you live in? In terms of what, your health? Finding the right medicine. In other words, not sure there's a lot of places in Millbank, South Dakota that are up to speed. Sorry, Milbank, but... No, I think Milbank's doing fine. Yeah. Uh, you know, health and uh, the culture of health and how people take uh, care of themselves uh, functionally is, a, uh, is an output of the culture of that uh, local area, in a sense. So, you know, one thing that may work here may not work in another right. part of the world. Uh, you can see that commonly between the East and West. This must be a proud moment for you to have this out there. 
It's not proud. Uh, it's more about making a difference, to right. be honest. You know, if we That's if we see continued success like we're seeing, uh, then at some point we can you know pat uh, the the team on its back and say you know we 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 got somewhere. But every day is a learning process. Uh, every day is a humbling experience. Uh, you know, we, 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 we've had such success that some of the largest companies in the space have, uh, you know, kind of been looking at what we've been doing and you're starting to see some, uh, you know, attempts at uh, uh, imitated, imitation, right. basically. So, so um, someone has a cold or is getting a cold, which I think I am now. So they would take this. When will I feel? This is the one you gave me, right? Yeah, that's the one you took this morning. Yeah, so at the earliest sign or symptom that you're having uh, a sore throat, a runny nose, an earache, you're not feeling as well. So say you've been traveling, you're not sleeping as well. This is the, this is the time to be taking it. Because we know that your immune system is weaker. You're at higher risk for developing an infection at that point. So that's when you, t you start taking uh, the active pack there. You know, I, I can't remember ever being really sick. Yeah, you know? yeah. And I think, uh, you know, you kind of touched upon why that may be. You've done a great job taking care of your health. You've been maintaining a good uh, body weight, cardiovascular activity regularly. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, you stay hydrated. Uh, you, you can do it. Uh, you, know, you don't necessarily need uh, to be taking uh, any sort of additional supplementation if you're really doing a great job of taking care of your body, uh, eating the right food, rich in nutrients, antioxidants, and, and staying uh, well hydrated. But we, we all well know that that's you know, easier in theory than in practice. Dr. Malapati, the inventor of, do you have a co-inventor? It's just me, Pat, just me. Just you, all right. Uh, <laughs> he and I invented this uh, easy pack. Easy, easy C-pack. -pack, sorry. <laughs> and uh, it's easy and... Uh, it's easy to see, easy C. I'll email you later today and see if I feel better. Appreciate it. But I, but I love this product, and I think if, when you get it out there, people will love it. Because people always want something yeah. that they, that they it's, think it, looks... It's getting out there, Pat. It's a top-rated uh, cold and flu product on Amazon. We're the fastest-growing cold and flu product uh, in the category. Mm -hmm. Thanks for coming in, Doc. Thank you, Pat. Business rock stars. Snap introduces a group video call feature. 82 Labs raises $8 million, and a self-care startup raises $5 million. I'm Brittany Lane with Ventura News. Here's your entrepreneur update. Snapchat introduces a new video group chat feature. This new addition will let you chat with 16 of your closest friends and do a voice call with up to 32 people. Getting started is simple. You tap the video icon in the group chat or start a call with a few people and then invite new friends to join. The Hangover Recovery Drink from 82 Labs raises $8 million. This special morning after recovery drink has vitamins, electrolytes, and an herbal medicine called DHM that apparently makes your hangovers magically go away. The new funding is from Altos Ventures, Slow Ventures, Strong Ventures, and Thunder Road Capital. A self-care startup called Shine raises $5 million in Series A funding. Shine is a free service that sends you a daily text to help you thrive. They send quotes, research-backed articles, and actionable advice to help you start your morning off right. Shine has two million active users to date. Thanks for watching Venture News. See you next week. Connie Tang was named the first woman president and CEO in Princess House history. 
Through her leadership, Princess House has continued to grow, attracting consultants from all walks of life, age groups, and backgrounds. Princess House has been the gateway for women to become CEOs of their own businesses, earn income and promotions with no glass ceiling, and reach their full potential personally and professionally. Connie chats with Alex Worley about the journey and the direct selling industry. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me, Alex. I love that we look like the rainbow today together with our bright colors. We're on the same wavelength. We woke up symbiotically connected, I think. Exactly. (laughs) I love it. So tell me, first of all, what is Princess House? Princess House is a 54-year-old I should say 54-year-old young, uh, direct-to-consumer business. We are in the direct sales industry. We market high-end quality cookware, home goods, home decor, home preparation products that are sold through the United States um, through a network of over 25,000 independent business women and a few good men. Awesome, awesome. So what kind of products do you guys sell? We sell everything from stainless steel cookware to healthy cooking with um, non-chemical, PFOA-free, non-stick cookware, cast iron, to home preparation products and tools, as well as home decor and safe storage solutions for food prep, as well as food cooking and storage. And you have a huge role as president and CEO. So give us a little behind the scenes. What is your life like? What's your role there? Oh, wow. That's a big Question. Yeah, I'm sure, but we can chip away at it. <laughs> Absolutely. So my role, I would say, in a big big 30,000-foot level is to ensure that we, as the company and the corporate backing for those independent business owners, empower those individuals with all the right tools that they need to succeed in building their business. What does that mean? That means making sure that we have high-quality products that they can market and stand behind making sure that they have a brand that is helping them build their own personal brand equity as well as supports them in advertising and bringing and acquiring new business, new customers to them, making sure that they also have beautiful collateral from a branding perspective, whether it's digital media, video tools, or personalized websites to printed catalogs that, again, helps them monetize on their personal efforts in building their business and in acquiring customers and retaining them. And of course, all the fun, non-sexy stuff of the infrastructure. Of of course. (laughs) IT systems, on-time delivery, uh, quality packaging, and uh, accounting, making sure they get paid right every single week, making sure that um, all of their uh, logistics when they earn trips and travel incentives are uh, executed without a hitch. So you oversee it all. Make sure it all all goes smoothly. I have the fun job of making sure that my team has the right clarity, the focus, and I let them do their jobs. But I have a great, great opportunity and a great honor of, of leading a team that can execute on all that. That's a really good point. It comes down to being a good leader and making sure you're empowering your team. That's absolutely true. It's very hard. It's near. It's impossible to be the master of all those pieces. And even much more difficult and, again, impossible to do it well. So trusting my team and having the right players in all the different areas and disciplines to do their job to do it well and encouraging them to do it, not only encouraging, but making sure there's painfully clear direction and focus that we're all moving in the same direction, that's key. Otherwise, it's a lot of spinning, a lot of smart people spinning in, the, in different directions. Right. 
Do you have any advice for hiring the right people and then getting them connected to that vision? I think what's really key, first of all, is to make sure that the individual shares the same values that you have as a company. And every company has their own unique set of values and a culture because part of being a great contributor to an organization is feeling like you fit and finding a place that you can fit. So that's one piece of it. For us, we value people. We are obviously a business that is based on fostering entrepreneurs. We happen to have great quality products that you can use in your home. But the reality is we foster entrepreneurship. You have to believe in that. You have to also believe in the independent enterprise. The second piece of it is to make sure that everyone is very clear in what their role is and how they will contribute. So finding people who have the capacity but the willingness there's, you know, that you've, hear, you've heard it before where it's will and skill. If somebody has the will, even if they're missing one or two check marks on that list when you're interviewing, but they have the will, they can acquire skills. People mm, are smart. Yeah. People are smart. And there are a lot of direct-to-consumer businesses. So obviously, a business like yours needs to say, how do we differentiate ourselves? And I know that one of the big things is your people. You're all about your people. So tell me a little bit more about that. So our people comprises of stakeholders that are both internal and external. So let's tackle them one at a time. Internally, I have an incredible team that's based in Massachusetts that covers all of those areas of disciplines that I had mentioned previously. And they're pretty diverse in terms of the capacities of the functions that they do, both commercialization processes outside as well as internal. The external side of it is comprised of over 25,000 independent businesswomen. Now, you can imagine 25,000 different personalities, (laughs) cultures, language. It's pretty diverse, and we're so proud of that. Uh, Over three-quarters of our business is actually Hispanic-based, meaning we have Hispanic consumers, business entrepreneur owners, as well as suppliers, as well as customers and hostesses. So the key with managing such a diverse, let's call it workforce internally and independent uh, representatives outside is to make sure that we have ground rules that are part of our values. Respect is one of them. Making sure that we are tolerant and embracing of people's ability to contribute and collaborate The next piece of it is making sure that we also share the same connection in our passion for what we do. Passion about our products, passion about helping people live healthier, eat healthier, cook and prepare foods that are healthier for themselves and their families, and passion for an individual's right to build a business and realize their own personal success and their personal financial goals, if that's what what it is that they're looking for. Amazing. What else would you say differentiates Princess House? Another piece of what makes us very different is we put a stake in the ground last year when we took another step in our branding exercise and we said, you know, we're going to throw out the old mission, vision, and values that a lot of companies used to have plastered on the wall. We did too. And we said, if we're a company for today and for tomorrow, and we're a company that serves a lot of individual interests and dreams, we decided we wanted to have a purpose statement. And our purpose statement starts with our powers and our people. And it also says that our products are to make life healthier and more beautiful. Who doesn't want to live a beautiful life? Yeah, I love that. And the third piece of it is, is our business inspires dreamers. It rewards for excellence. Nothing in life comes for free. It does take hard work. But Mm -hmm. I think everybody's willing to work hard. Yeah. It's about what you get, um, what your compensation and what your rewards are. And the third piece of that is 
we also transform lives. So the biggest difference is in the individual people we've touched in our businesses and what in our business development, what we've been able to help them accomplish. I would tell you that the biggest piece of that is that we've empowered them to take their own efforts to realize their personal dreams, whether it was a you know, being able to provide your family with um, a better home, whether it's taking my family on my, you know, that magical Disney trip, Mm -hmm. or whether it is to save enough money to put every single one of my kids through any college education they wanted to. It really ranges all. And the differentiating factor in all that is that we've done it by embracing diversity, having a very diverse culture and diverse sales force, and never compromising quality. And that's key. It's very easy to want to do everything but not do it all well and not be committed to quality at all levels from product to communications to transliteration to video content. It really runs as a common thread across all of the work that we do. It's hard to do it all well. So I applaud you. That's amazing that you guys take that very seriously. Thank you. So tell me a little bit about the business model and how it works in your direct sales model. Well, the direct sales model is a very low to minimal cost entry for anyone who wants to start their own business. You think about it, starting your own business can, can require a whole lot of capital whether it's opening up a little bakery or whether it's starting your own in-home catering business or starting your own design firm. It requires some startup. And maybe you don't really know exactly how to start up, right? How do I get started other than I know I have this idea I want to do? So direct sales for us is for anyone who's interested in being their own business owner with a very nominal startup cost. That's number one. Number two, it's for anyone who's looking for guidance and mentorship right off the bat. It comes with it a built-in network of mentors, both from a corporate side as well as through a team and independent business owner side. So let me explain better. I wanted to start with Princess House. I just need to go ahead and sign an agreement and say, I want to represent the company. I want to have the opportunity to be an independent business owner for our Princess House products and services. The company actually also finances free for someone, their startup cost, which is a nominal cost for them to start up and to begin the business. And with that startup comes training. It comes with training through video content. So you can do it self-study in your own time. It also comes with being part of a team. You automatically become part of a team either by self-selection. You might have met somebody who said, I really like her. Mm -hmm. She's just like me. She's a mom like me, or she's just fresh out of school like me. And we're all, we're both trying to figure it out. So I want to be on her team. It's always a whole lot more fun. We always say that this business is a business that you can do for yourself, but not by yourself. And mentorship comes in so many ways, shapes, and sizes. Who doesn't want to learn from somebody who's made mistakes and somebody who's doing it right? Yeah. Not only do I not want to repeat what somebody says don't do, I want to do what she's doing because she's doing it right. Yeah. And so when you join Princess House, it comes with that mentorship group. There is a network you become part of. You get inserted into a family, basically. And that's how you start learning how to conduct a business. The business can take place in all forums. In its very traditional sense, direct sales used to be where I can come and I can do a demonstration. And let's let's face it, who doesn't like to eat and drink? Yeah. <laughs> so we have the if luxury. there's wine and cheese and crackers, we, I'm there. <laughs> we have the luxury of being able to use our products to show somebody how they can save money, eat healthy, as well as prepare foods for yourself or your, for your family. And have fun while you're doing it. I mean, isn't that the most entertaining? It's not only entertaining, but it is about bringing community together. 
So friends and or guests and strangers together to find to bond over a quick meal, whether it's cheesy quesadillas or it's a really quick, easy vegetable stir fry that you can do with no oils. And that's how that's the platform for the independent business owner, for my Princess House consultant to say, this is how I do business. I share my knowledge, not only about my products, but also about healthy living and healthy cooking and lifestyle choices that you can make. And at the same time, I'm building relationships. That's also how I build my customer base. So let's talk a little bit more about your journey. First of all, what is your background? Oh, my background started off actually in New York City. So I'm an immigrant. My family and I immigrated when I was 10 months old. I was raised in New York City, went through the whole New York City public school system. And in New York, I was in the world of beauty. So I worked for some major beauty, uh, global beauty brands for Lancome and Clinique. And from there, my husband and I made the migration west. And we landed in Dallas, Texas for 14 years. There I began my journey in this amazing world of direct sales. And through my journey there, I spent 14 years working, building ethnic and special markets in the U.S. So that's Hispanic market, African-American market, Asian market, Haitian market, Laotian market, and found myself also doing global expansion. So had the great fortune of opening up over 13 different countries, Asia Pacific, Latin America, and Europe. And then from there, we migrated a little further west into California. And California continued my role in the beauty, personal care, wellness industry, and also had the opportunity not only to lead uh, the company as president of Jaffa US, but also to lead as a management board member for 17 other countries, which included expanding the corporation into India and Russia and Brazil, which were wonderful opportunities that allowed me to not only expand my vision in terms of the industry and the business and the business of the type of goods we market, but also the fact that direct sales and empowerment in women's um, ability to build businesses is a global topic. And it's relevant on a global basis. And then you became the first female CEO at Princess House. That's amazing. That is correct. After 50 years, so the company's now just turned 54 years young. After 50 years, I was appointed the first female president and CEO. (laughs) So cool. It's very cool. And it's It's, been going well because you've seen growth over the past five years. It has been phenomenal. Over the past five years, we've had five consecutive years of year-over-year growth. We are at the biggest and most profitable we've been in history. We've expanded and diversified our product portfolio to really encompass this notion of healthy living to a bigger level. In fact, we've also expanded beyond, let's call it cookware, into uh, food uh, preparation and storage to be a lot more relevant to those who are trying to live greener lifestyles, be more eco-friendly and earth-friendly, as well as adding wellness to their own personal lifestyle choices. And in that journey, it's also allowed us to improve on a lot of the infrastructure of the company. So it's kind of hard. I call, my chairman actually once said, it's like going 100 miles per hour and changing all four tires at the same time. <laughs> That's sort of what we've been on this journey of doing. We've also been on a journey of walking, I would say, a balancing act. We have customers and business owners who've been with us for a long time, which is really to our credit that we've managed to retain the loyalty of amazing hostesses and customers. 
But at the same time, we also realize we need to update, whether it's our technology or digital tools or our presence in the marketplace through an omni-channel sphere, but also to attract the customers and the new business owners that will require time to become big business owners today so that they're around for the company over the next 50 years. So that balance is very challenging. Part of that, when I first came on board, was to determine through a brand exercise, who are we? And I call it, who do we want to show up in the world when we grow up? Yeah. Right? And it was, how do we take advantage and hold on to what's been true about our culture and our brand it took 50 years to get to where we were, so we're not ready to throw it away. And there was a lot of value in that. So how do we take that, honor the heritage, but then also reposition it, remarket uh, it, and also enhance it for the audience and the customer of tomorrow to make sure that we're relevant, to make sure we're around, to make sure we still have the solutions and the products and services and opportunity that are going to continue to feed the company for the next 50 years. That was a really exciting exercise and journey that we've been through. If you look at what we look like now today, whether it's on our website or our catalogs, or even in how we write, how we speak, it's distinctly different from where it was five years ago because we've realized that we needed to bring ourselves up, bring our people with us, as well as attract new. And that's a balancing act, you know? And it's a good lesson for the entrepreneurs watching and listening because your brand's always going to evolve. And case in point, you know, a brand that's been around for over five decades, you're going to have to evolve with the times and stay relevant. And you've done such a beautiful job as a leader doing that. Uh, My next question for you is, how would you describe your leadership style that's allowed you to get to this point? My leadership style is one that is extremely hands-on, and I mean hands-on from the perspective of I like knowing everything that's going on. I've had to learn to not be stick my fingers into everything that's going yeah. on. You're not micromanaging, you're just exactly. watching. <laughs> and that's challenging, especially because I believe very, very um, integrally that results matter, direction matters, and also discipline matters. So those are some keys. You had asked me earlier about what are some keys to success for any entrepreneur, but I think it's also keys to success as a leader of an organization. So my leadership style is to really demonstrate by my uh, personal commitment and behavior. I I do believe that people are watching when you don't notice. Mm. And I do believe that what I do and say matters and set examples and or standards that whether they're intentional or not, that my team is watching, whether they, uh, whether I'm making it a point to teach a lesson or not, it is being observed, and they serve as standards or benchmarks for your organization. I also believe in developing very important relationships with all my stakeholders, having a personal relationship, and I don't mean getting in their business about you know who you're dating. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's about having a relationship that is one that hopefully I can provide some mentorship and also allows them to give me the opportunity to learn from them. It's reciprocal and very collaborative. I also really believe that I have to trust whenever it always makes sense for my team to come to me with solutions. It's It's very easy to dictate, but it's also very blinding because we're so convicted, I am. I'm very passionate about what I do, what I believe in, and what my responsibilities are, that sometimes passion can blind. 
right? So knowing when to be aware that there, you have to take the blinders off is really important. Yeah, all such good wisdom. Wow. Okay, so as promised, we're going to tell you how to be successful in direct sales. So what is that key? Oh, there's not one magic bullet. <laughs> I wish there were. I think I've been asked that question. I think it's a combination of many several characteristics that I believe are values and okay. principles to live by. And by saying that, it means that it requires practice. It requires tenacity to do it and practice it over and over again in order to master, right? If you want it to be a concert pianist for the New York Philharmonic, it requires an intense amount of commitment, passion, practice, and discipline. Day in, day out, every day, all the time, not sometimes. So discipline is one piece of it, I would tell you. Discipline to your craft, to your art, to your business, whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish, And that means having the discipline to do it well all the time, every single time. And when you do that, you also, complementing that, have to develop the skills for agility. Agility I can't emphasize enough. Agility to me comes in two components, and there are many levels of it. But one is change agility, and the other one is learning agility. Agility, just like the word sounds, meaning nimble, flexible, Mm -hmm being able to maneuver and make adjustments. That's really key. As an entrepreneur in the direct sales industry or any other um, personal business development requires that you are very aware of what's happening in the outside environment, internally with your business, could be with your team, could be with your product, could be with your manufacturer or your supplier. But having the agility to learn is one thing. The agility to make adjustments to your plan and develop in an agile manner is really key. That is what's going to keep you in this process of continuous improvement. It's also going to allow you to continuously be robust. Being nimble is very important because if you, you've, we've all seen this, innovate or die, it means not just for innovation's sake. Sometimes something doesn't have to be reinvented. Right. It just means that there's a little modification to improve a process, to be more productive, to save money, or to have a better collaboration with someone, those little tweaks can make a big difference at the end of the day. So learning agility and change agility coupled with discipline leads to results matter to me. Results driven and results um, are really important. And it doesn't mean, I don't mean it in a superficial manner, although money makes a difference. Yeah, right? <laughs> of course. If of you're course. starting a business. <laughs> we like want, money. It's you want to make money. <laughs> you want to be able to raise money. You want to be able to invest. Money does matter, which actually ties to results. Having clarity of what your milestone result, expected results mm. are is really key. And they do matter. Almost hitting it to me is like being almost pregnant. You either are or you're not. <laughs> you can't be almost there right? And you can't be almost right. You either are or you're not, which is what I mean by when I say results do matter. There are some things where results getting close are good, but don't settle for good enough. Yeah. It's very easy. It's very easy to say that, well, I tried. I tried hard. I almost did it. Never quite feels the same than when you said, I did it and I knocked it out of the ballpark. Yes, and we want our entrepreneurs to knock it out of the ballpark. Connie, thank you so much for all your insight and wisdom. I know I learned a ton. Thank you so much, Alex. It was so much fun. Really appreciate your time. You're very welcome. 
Connie Tang, president and CEO of Princess House. We are the biggest entrepreneur destination on the planet. This is Business Rockstars.